Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Ladies and gentlemen, what a night. As you can see, it's a road show for me. Looks a little different today, the show. Don't worry, the content won't be any different. I'm going to blow the doors off what happened for you last night. Uh, Super Tuesday, an enormous night for Joe Biden. There's no downplaying that. There's some good news, though, and some bad news for us. Today's show, folks, sponsored by ExpressVPN. Stop putting your online data at risk today. Get protected today going to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Expressvpn.com slash Bongino today. Uh, What a night. Uh, As you can see, producer Joe is not here. I'm hogging his line. He usually uses this outside line, but I'm on the road. I'll have more for you uh, maybe later on about... uh, what it, what it is. I got to be somewhat cryptic about things lately, but it was a last minute thing. Last night was huge, ladies and gentlemen. Big night for Joe Biden. I want to break it down for you where he won, where he lost, what I think some positive takeaways for us and the country could be, and some negatives for us for the general election in 2020. Big, big show today. Got that. Got another development, too, about this suspicious player that keeps appearing on the scene magically and has now inserted himself in another case. These people never, ever go away. Today's show brought to you by our friends at GenuCell. The latest trend in skincare is instant results, ladies and gentlemen. Introducing the brand new GenuCell RH from Chamonix. Delivers next generation retinol anti-aging effects with zero redness or irritation. Plus, the RH complex provides hyaluronic acid, which we love in ours. Paul is big on the hyaluronic acid, and crucial for superior retinol effects. Here's Susan from Tom's River, New Jersey. The GenuCell RH is a game changer. Bags under my eyes are history, and it feels so soft and luxurious. I even use it for redness on my left cheek and on my laugh lines. Thank you, Chamonix. Home run. The new GenuCell RH is leading the industry once again. It makes bags, puffiness, hyperpigmentation, even redness a thing of the past. Order brand new GenuCell RH now and get your GenuCell jawline treatment and the GenuCell immediate effects, which I use before I go on the air, absolutely free. Absolutely free. Go to GenuCell.com, enter my special promo code DAN30, that's DAN30 at checkout. GenuCell RH is non is irritating, non-comedogenic, and in the, in the sun, it's highly moisturizing for your face when you're in the sun, especially in the Florida summer. Your eyes have never looked better, just like Susan or your money back. No questions asked. Go online now. Go to GenuCell.com and enter my special promo code DAN30 at checkout. That's GenuCell, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. Enter DAN30 at checkout. All right, I got to do my own bell today. Let's go. Ding, 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 and honor of producer Joe, who is listening, but unfortunately is not here today. I love to kick ideas off of him. So last night, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden, far far surpassed expectations. Listen, I don't want to underestimate anyone. A catastrophic mistake, I think we can all agree, the Democrats made in 2016 was underestimating the movement that was coalescing behind one Donald J. Trump, who is now sitting in the White House, and Democrats expected him to be sitting in the doghouse. We would be doing a catastrophic uh, uh, act of malfeasance on our own movement if we repeated the same mistake again. Now, last night, Biden was down in a lot of these states or was not polling well. When I say a lot of these states, I mean the states on Super Tuesday, he wound up winning or performing exceptionally well. He far surpassed expectations, which shows that while I still don't believe endorsements matter per se, in other words, I don't think people listen to other people who tell, you know what I'm saying? Like Pete Buttigieg, I'm out and vote for Joe Biden. I think Pete Buttigieg's supporters are going to make their own decision if it's not Buttigieg since he dropped out. It's not that the endorsements, I think, were game changers. I think the momentum was a game changer. I think we tend to over 
uh, over attribute to endorsements some political effect. And I, my, my experience in politics, I don't think that's accurate. I don't think people vote for endorsements. However, I do think they vote for the big mo. What's a big mo? Momentum. So let's go through the states Biden did well in, and not only did well, but far surpassed expectations. He won Virginia, North Carolina, Alabama, Arkansas, Minnesota, Massachusetts, Tennessee, Texas, Oklahoma. Now, as we can see in the Wall Street Journal, they put a piece out, the Biden resurgence. You just saw that up there. Sanders won in Vermont. Colorado did pretty well in California, although not as well as he could have. And he won Utah as well. Ladies and gentlemen, the big mo matters. What happened to Bernie Sanders? Why did the Sanders campaign yesterday collapse, implode? Now, it's not over. Believe me, please do not take any of this as some gospel. Me telling you the Sanders campaign is done. As I've said to you often, the power of free is huge. Sanders goes out, lies to people, tells me he's going to give them free stuff. This has power. You underestimate that at your own peril. He is not done. His campaign is nowhere close to over. He has a substantial number of delegates. He's only about, I believe, 68 to 70 delegates behind Biden right now. They need 1,991 to win. This thing is far from over. We said Biden, I thought Biden's campaign was done if Bloomberg didn't get out. And he showed yesterday after these endorsements and the big mo momentum that he can show, you know, some life in his campaign, too. Now, having said that, the Wall Street Journal in that piece I just showed you has some pretty good analysis. Check this out from the piece. What went wrong for Sanders? Folks, I hate to say this, but it's younger voters. And I'm not saying younger voters are the problem. I'm saying they just didn't show up. So the Wall Street Journal says, hey, Sanders can point to victories in his home state of Vermont, uh, Colorado, Utah, and California. But the biggest night of the primaries carried warnings for the two-time candidate. He lost ground, ladies and gentlemen, from his 2016 vote share in several states, including his home state of Vermont. What does that mean? Well, it suggests, to quote the Wall Street Journal, and they're right, he isn't building this coalition with a surge of new voters as he's promised Democrats. Ladies and gentlemen, he's losing voters from the last time he ran. He's not building anything. It's nonsense. The piece goes on. Mr. Sanders also benefited from early voting, but did much more poorly among late deciders. The big mo, there you go, momentum, endorsements, the win in South Carolina, the big mo. But Sanders can talk about millennials all he wants, but Mr. Biden overwhelmed him among voters over 45, who were 65% of the electorate in Virginia, 62 in Massachusetts, 64 in North Carolina, 66 in Maine, and 67% in Oklahoma, according to exit polls. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the takeaway right here. Bank on this. Older Americans vote more than young socialists. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't have any other easier way to put it. I'm not I'm not in the business of knocking younger voters in civic engagement. It's good. Go out and vote. You know, do your homework for, first, I hope. But the hard reality is if you look at the demographic breakdown over time, a lot of younger voters just don't show up. They just don't. The numbers speak for themselves. And if Bernie Sanders was marshalling his entire campaign effort about getting young socialists who want to redistribute, uh, you know, people's income, because a lot of them are still in school and aren't actually earning a lot of income yet, then that was a failed campaign strategy that didn't work. I mean, it's really no more difficult than that to analyze. Okay, so that's takeaway number one. Now, a couple of other takeaways from the campaign on the Trump side, because remember, there's a, there were Republican primaries yesterday's too, yesterday, too. I want to congratulate many of you out there, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. You all did. You didn't just talk. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, the do matters. I say this all the time. Talk is great. I hope it motivates you to action. But without action, talk is cheap and meaningless. It doesn't mean anything. Talk doesn't change the world without doers who do the changing. You did it yesterday. 
what happened, even though President Trump was in a basically uncontested primary. I mean, let's be real. Bill Weld and these other candidates, no one had a chance. President Trump is going to be the Republican nominee for the presidency. It's, it's obvious at this point. Despite that, and no real reason, tactically speaking, to show up. I said to you, you have to do it anyway. I begged you, please go out and vote. And for all those primaries that haven't happened yet, there are tons of them. Florida's coming up March 17th and others. Please, folks, you got to get out there and vote for President Trump regardless. I already mailed my ballot in. I know Paula did hers too. You did it. Alabama yesterday in the primary on the Republican side. Uh, President Trump had almost two times the votes of almost any other presidential primary candidate ever, despite the fact that he's the inevitable nominee. Colorado. Turnout was higher than the last three GOP primaries combined for President Trump. Texas, more votes for uh, President Trump than they've seen in the last 40 years for a GOP candidate. Folks, he's already the sitting president, but you did it anyway. Folks, again, I'm not into downplaying or underselling the Democrats' efforts and get out the votes and GOTV efforts and the fact that it's going to be a difficult election, whether it's Biden or Sanders. I'm not downplaying their effort. That's a catastrophic mistake. But I'm here to tell you today, take a little bit of a victory lap. You did a great job. There's more to come. There are more primaries ahead. If you have primaries on the ballot, get out. Make sure you're registered. Get that ballot in. It is a massive show of force. And believe me when I tell you it is frightening the Democrats. The turnout on the Trump side was massive. Now, let me give you a bigger overview, the good and the bad here. On a good note, for the country, that is, stock futures are up today uh, dramatically. I told you, I always buy the dips. I'm not a financial advisor. You do what you want. Consult your own financial advisor. It's not a financial advice show. I'm just telling you, I believe in the power of the American economy. Since I'm 20 years old, I've been buying the dips and it's always worked out well for me in the long run. Maybe not in the short run, but always in the long run. Always. Matter of fact, sometimes I sell too soon. What's happening today? Stock futures, as of the recording of this show, we're about 10 o'clock Eastern time. Stock futures in the market are, uh, were up this morning dramatically before I got on the air. Why? Because ladies and gentlemen, listen. I've said this to you repeatedly. I do not want Bernie Sanders to be the nominee. I had this conversation last night. I came into this hotel I'm in. A couple of people recognized me. They wanted to chat. And they said, well, Sanders will be an easier candidate to beat. Folks, I'm sorry. I'm not willing to take that chance. President Trump is a strong candidate. He will beat Joe Biden. He will beat Bernie Sanders. He can. He has the capacity to do that. He's a strong candidate. He's a fighter. Biden is falling apart. I'll play some video for you in a minute. He's The guy's collapsing, okay? We can't play this game like, oh, we'd rather have a socialist. Well, what if he wins? Do you want to throw the country, flush it down the toilet bowl with socialism? Stock futures are up because even the economists, financial advisors, and people investing their own money are starting to realize that, gosh, if we were to lose, you're far better off losing to Biden than you are losing to a socialist who's going to destroy the economy. First piece of good news. So, and the second piece of good news on that is the Democrat Party, which we can't have a major political party pushing for socialism in the country, largely renounced socialism yesterday in just about every state but California, where Biden and other candidates performed far better than expectations. Far better. That's another piece of good news. On the campaign front, for those folks now freaking out today, thinking, oh my gosh, we had such a better chance with Bernie Sanders. Ladies and gentlemen, Biden is weak. Nothing has changed today. Joe Biden is still an awful candidate who can't figure out what state he's in. Ladies and gentlemen, he's just not, I don't know how to say this without being disrespectful unnecessarily. He's just not lucid. He's not. 
I mean, I'm not saying anything you can't observe yourself. I'm not doing a, a, a Sigmund Freud psychoanalysis here. It's unnecessary. I'm simply suggesting to you the obvious. He's just not lucid. He forgets what state he's in. He doesn't finish his sentences. He is a weak candidate. If we can't beat this guy, the Republican Party is dead anyway. I would rather face Biden than Sanders. I don't want a socialist who has a shot at winning the presidency. I'm sorry. I'm not willing to forfeit away my country. Here's video from last night, Joe Biden on stage. Biden forgets uh, he confuses his wife with his sister on stage. And again, is this an innocent mistake? Probably so. They may have moved around. It's not a huge deal. But the point is, narratives matter. Narratives matter. And the ongoing narrative about Joe Biden, that he's just not coherent and lucid, he keeps fortifying this own narrative with gaffes like this seemingly every day. Check this out. Super Tuesday for nothing. <laughs> By the way, it's my little sister, Valerie, and I'm Jill's husband. Oh, no, this is the, oh, you switched on me. This is my wife. This is my sister. They switched on me. This, again, innocent mistake? Probably. But that's not the point, folks. The point is narratives matter. Narratives, themes, storylines. I tell you all the time, campaigns, having lived through them and analyzed them now for close to 10 years. And having worked with them as a Secret Service agent as well, when I was on the security side, having seen the inner workings of them, there's sound bites and snapshots. That's it. Campaigns and the messaging are pictures and quick sound bites. It's not white papers. It's not Elizabeth Warren. I have a plan. Nobody reads their plans. It is a sound bite and a snapshot. When the snapshots and the sound bites are Biden all the time, confusing what state he's in, his wife or his sister, he does this all the time, not finishing sentences. He can't even quote the Constitution. He is a weak candidate. Be prepared, but don't panic. A lot of panic today. I'm seeing it on the Republican side. Oh my gosh, we were so much better off with Bernie. I'm not sure of that. Now, a couple other takeaways from last night, which are invaluable, invaluable takeaways. Folks, on a national campaign level, we're starting to realize, you can see from this tweet, that campaign organization is not what it once was. It's just not. I kind of saw this when I ran, but on the national level, here's a tweet from a writer at The Atlantic, Derek Thompson. He's at DK Tomp. Uh, ABC, Joe Biden's on pace to win Minnesota despite no staff on the ground. While Sanders had staff and several events and Bloomberg spent $13 million on ads in the state. Now, folks, in local races, congressional races, I would say state rep races, state delegate races, state Senate races, even Senate for that matter. Organization, I believe, does matter. Knock on doors, go out and say hello. And it matters because your race isn't national typically. When I ran for Congress, I think we did like, I don't know, one or two national interviews about my campaign specifically, maybe on cable news somewhere. With the ongoing saturation of 24-hour cable news, Folks, the earned media is everything. And the momentum Joe Biden got from winning South Carolina and all these candidates coming out and speaking on his behalf contributed to the big mo. It became a national story. And despite the fact he had no organization whatsoever in these, a lot of these states and Bloomberg outspent him by a factor of 100, it's just not this positive anymore organization. Having an organized camp, it's just not. I wish it were. And candidly, folks, in 2016, I think President Trump proved the same thing. The organization at times, I'm not speaking badly of the campaign, some of the people would acknowledge it was just because he was a political outsider, not the finely tuned machine it is now. And he still won resoundingly because these campaigns are national now, which says to, to basically every candidate thinking about running in the future, great, get your organization, raise your money, it matters, but it's not what it once was. Right now, that earned media and getting in front of the cable news channels and appearing to be that person with the big mo and momentum behind him is everything. That tweet is very important. Very important. 
Think about it. Michael Bloomberg, one more, I don't mean to belabor this point, so I got a lot to get to, but I don't wanna, I wanna make sure I don't leave you in any kind of a fugue state with this one, right? Michael Bloomberg had spent millions, tens of millions of dollars in Virginia, not just on his campaign, but backing uh, gun confiscation measures, backing local Democrats, but with his group, with his anti-gun group going into Virginia to transform the state. He was so proud of this. And he lost Virginia. He lost Virginia to Joe Biden, who did very little compared to Bloomberg in the state. Again, why? The big mo. He had national momentum. The big mo behind him is everything. Everything. Okay, some more good news. I'll leave you with this. Again, good news, bad news. The, the good news is I think, uh, I think we can win this and socialism is, is definitely uh, on the wane, at least now, but not in California, unfortunately. But this is a really, <laughs> it's not like a comedy break on the show, but I had tip Ryan Savidra. I saw this on his Twitter feed. Here's a video of Trump. He's doing an interview with NBC News. I think this is Casey Hunt, who's always on the wrong side of the facts. I mean, just, I don't even include her in my dumbest people thing because I, I she just, it would be unfair for a lot of reasons. She's interviewing President Trump. And the only reason I even put this up at the end of this block on Super Tuesday coverage is, again, those of you worried about Biden, who can't even tell his wife from his sister, doesn't even know what state he's in, and can't even finish uh line. Was he quoting the Declaration of Independence the other day or the Constitution? What was he quoting the other day? And he screwed it up. I mean, this is just typical like Joe Biden, right? Can you imagine President Trump, who is very lucid and very candid and very blunt? Can you imagine him debating Joe Biden? When he shows off his debating skills and his back and forth like this. And Matt, now replace, I'm going to show you his video. This is him absolutely crushing this woman from NBC. But imagine this is uh, happening on the debate stage with Joe Biden. Check this out. The Pew Research, which is independent, oh, says... Don't be naive. You're a very naive person. <laughs> the Pew You're Research a... says that there are, uh, for immigrants on the whole, create... Or, Come on, try getting it out. Try getting it out. I'll get it out. I mean, I don't know if you're going to put this on television, but you don't even know what you're talking about. Try getting it out. Go ahead. <laughs> I told you. I mean, can you imagine that on the debate stage? President Trump, the wrecking ball, the, the, the this bull in a china shop. Can you imagine him on stage with Joe Biden, who, again, can't even get out of his own way? Don't panic, please. We got a long way to go. Sanders isn't done yet. The campaign is definitely not over for either of them. That I promise you. All right, I got a lot more coming, including a really troubling story I want you to keep your eyes on because liberals are now conspiring to shut down conservative media right before the campaign, the general election campaign, which is going to get going real soon when the Democrats settle on a nominee. They're conspiring right now to do it. I want to show you how they're doing it. Before I get to that, today's show brought to you by our buddies at My Patriot Supply. Ladies and gentlemen, listen. I'm not kidding. There's no better time to take advantage of this company today, My Patriot Supply, than now. You got to be prepared, right? Listen, this is less of an ad and more of a public service announcement for you here from our friends at My Patriot Supply. This week, we woke up to a sudden spike in viral cases in Italy, and the market lost a significant amount of value overnight. These warning signs were there for the last month, and I've been warning about being prepared for a very long time. I use My Patriot Supply and their food, on their emergency food. I have cases of it in my house because it just makes sense to be prepared, ladies and gentlemen. We ensure everything in our lives that matter. Everything. You insure your car, you insure your home, you insure people have dental insurance. How can you not insure your food supply? Now we've seen, unfortunately, what can happen. Some of these store shelves have run bare. Get yourself an emergency food supply today. Today's the day to do it. Please go to preparewithdan.com. Preparewithdan.com. 
preparewithdan.com and reserve your two-week emergency food kit today. Normally, they can ship in two days, but as of today, they're projecting at least two weeks or more. Why? Because people are going out and even buying out the emergency food supplies now, but they'll have it, but they're getting it on that list. Please go today, preparewithdan.com. Be smart about this. These meals include breakfast, lunches, and dinners. They last up to 25 years in storage. You're covered for 25 years. 25 years. My Patriot Supply is still honoring their 45% off special, and they'll ship as fast as they can. Go today, ladies and gentlemen. Time is running out. Prepare today. Don't wait to face the prospect of empty shelves, which are already happening in some parts of the world. Preparewithdan.com. Go to preparewithdan.com today. Not a joke. This is a good company. I've been using them for a long time. Go again. Preparewithdan.com today. Get that emergency food supply for you. Okay. All right. This really bothered me yesterday. This is a story that um, it, it speaks lar- in, a, in a larger kind of bigger narrative way to the liberals' fear of free speech and the power of conservative media. So there's this article up at Vox by the dreadful Aaron Rupar, one of just the most disgraceful liars on Twitter. This guy's just a, a, a propagandist and a gaslighter. But he had this article up at Vox, and I saw this coming yesterday. It says, quote, Facebook's top news stories are like a window into an alternate dimension. It's Super Tuesday. Coronavirus is spreading. But Facebook is talking about Hillary Clinton's emails by the dreadful liar Aaron Rupar. Now, I saw this coming. I saw it. What happened? This is how liberals conspire. These are the real police staters. They hate free speech. They hate free and open dialogue. So long and short of it is Facebook had used a daily caller, I guess, associated fact checker. Daily caller is an actual journalism outlet, but they're associated with conservative politics. And they had fact-checked Politico, and Politico had written an article. I covered it on the show the other day, remember, that said President Trump called coronavirus a hoax. That is a hoax. He did not call the coronavirus a hoax. He never called the coronavirus a hoax. That is a fabricated, made-up BS story. It's just not true. He mentioned the word hoax with coronavirus, talking about the left's coverage of his reaction to it, not the virus. How would the virus be a hoax? He has his task force going for weeks now. They never said... So... Track me here. I don't have my audience on Budsman handy, but you're all smart. You can figure it out. Facebook used a fact checker associated, I believe, with the Daily Caller. They fact checked Politico's story saying basically coronavirus, Trump insists coronavirus is a hoax and said this is false. Liberals lost their minds because liberals don't like to be fact checked because they never have facts. They lie. They lie all the time. And they like the story that President Trump called the coronavirus a hoax, despite the fact that he didn't. They like to, you understand they lie to you. They lie to you all the time. It is a constant, never-ending tidal wave of bull that never, ever ends. It's all garbage. They love to control the story. They love to control the narrative. And it is driving them crazy that we now, through conservative media, have the power to fight back. It is driving them nuts. They are, Folks, I'm not kidding. This is not a rant for the sake of ranting. It is a warning. These are liberal police state tyrants who absolutely hate free speech and open dialogue and do anything they can to suppress it. So after that happened, enough on that, Judd Legum on Twitter, who is a noted police state supporter and suppressor of free speech, he tweeted out this thing and said, oh my gosh, they're you, the Facebook is using the Daily Caller as right winger. This is unbelievable. Facebook is nothing but like a hive for Trump supporters. Once I saw that from Legum, I knew this coordinated messaging was going to start. 
Let's go to takeaway number one from the Vox piece. Because this guy, Aaron Rupar, who's is really dumb, took his talking points from Legum, apparently. He says in his piece, in fact, as of this writing early Tuesday afternoon, stories from right-wing sources about Clinton emails represent three of the top 10 and five of the top 20 stories on Facebook. The number four story of the day is about Clinton emails from Breitbart. Oh, look who makes an appearance here. And the eighth-ranked story is one on the same topic from Dan Bongino's website. Coverage of her emails from National Review and Ben Shapiro also appear in the top 20. Get Now, now before I get to takeaway number two from this Vox piece, keep in mind, big takeaway, ladies and gentlemen, here. Hillary Clinton being about to be disposed, uh, uh, about, about to be deposed, excuse me, disposed. She's not being disposed. Deposed, forgive me, about her emails is a real story. A judge ruled that Hillary Clinton is going to have to answer a question about her emails. That's not fake news. That actually happened. We covered it on the show. What, yesterday, Paulie? Yeah, I believe yesterday. We covered that story. That's a real story. Nothing Vox lying Aaron Rupar, gaslighting police state supporter Judd Legum, Parker Malley or whatever the name is, the other one at, at Media Matters. None of it. They're not suggesting the story is false. They're only mad that my website, Bongino.com, Breitbart, and Daily Wire, my my website, thanks to you, gets tremendous traffic along with BonginoReport.com too, your alternative to the Drudge Report. We get, I'm not like patting myself on the back. It's just thanks to you. You did it. We get tremendous traffic. Through our tremendous traffic, we can dictate what people are interested in stories today. They're not suggesting the stories are false. Did you read that? They're only suggesting that they don't like the story because it's Super Tuesday and the coronavirus stories out there. They're not suggesting we're making anything up at all. They just don't like it. So now they're engaged in a social media hate campaign and pressure campaign to get Facebook to suppress the Hillary Clinton story, despite the fact that none of it is false. None. Sorry, just messing around with my phone there. Let's go to takeaway number two from the Vox piece to show you how they BS you and lie to you and how they're trying desperately to pressure Facebook to stop conservative content. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not an accident right before the general election starts. Quote from Vox, Vox with a V, not Fox, by the way. Sometimes people confuse it. This is a left-leaning website. <coughs> Excuse me. Facebook is optimized for Trump supporters. Judd Legum, this is the police state supporter who hates free speech, wrote in a direct message. It rewards engagement, which mostly reflects an emotional reaction to things. Support for Trump is emotional, not factual. So pro-Trump content does very well. Do you see what he did there? The story is absolutely factual. Hillary Clinton will be deposed. It is absolutely factual. She will have to answer questions on Benghazi. But in order to make it seem like we're a bunch of emotional, deplorable, ranting, raving lunatics, he just doesn't like that we find that story interesting. So he flips it around and he hints to Facebook with a wink and a nod. Hey, Facebook, this is an emotional response to a story. He doesn't say the story's false. He says it's just an emotional response and therefore Facebook should step up, step up and be like the big brother and squash that so people can't read facts. Let's go back to that because it gets better or worse with Vox as it does every time. This is Vox again, Aaron Rupert, liar, total liar, disgraceful liar this guy is. He says in his piece, chicanery could also be playing a role. Chicanery? What does he mean chicanery? Could be also playing a role. There's no chicanery there. Chicanery, what, suggesting that the story is false? That story is absolutely true. 
That story is 100% true. She can't even, He suggests going on later in the piece there that uh, the Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro said, has a bunch of what? Is it fake pages? And that we don't have any fake. I don't know what they're doing over there. I don't, I, would, I don't believe anything Aaron Rupar says, but that is simply not the case. Again, he's just making this stuff up. There's no chicanery here. It's just that you happen to be interested in the story, and that drives Aaron Rupar absolutely mad. Drives him crazy. They can't stand that stuff. All right, folks, my last sponsor today, and I'm going to get to some other stuff. Bernie's still a fraud. I got that. I got Lindsey Graham on the FISA stuff. Loaded show today. A lot going on. That's why I had to do a road show. I can't take off after Super Tuesday. I got to I gotta talk to you. My, I love my audience to death. All right, today's show brought to you by our friends at Ali. Ali, you know we love Ali. We got our dog, baby. We've adopted my mother-in-law's dog, the baby boy. You'll see the picture of baby boy here in a minute, who's absolutely beautiful. Loves Ollie uh, dog food. I don't even like calling it dog food because it's food for dogs. You know why I say that? Because if you eat a piece of steak, right, and you give it to a dog, is it dog food? No, it's just really good food that dogs happen to like. Well, pet food, listen, your dog's health is as important as every other member of the family. And it starts with what you feed them. You know what's in your dog food, especially that cheap kibble stuff? Get rid of that. Ollie, O-L-L-I, he puts dogs first with vet-formulated recipes and fully transparent ingredients to give your dog the healthiest food possible. Ollie makes fresh meals for dogs with real ingredients that people can eat. It delivers them to you on a regular schedule. They beat out store-bought dog food on a palatability scale, meaning it just tastes good, 10 to 1. That is a route because it tastes delicious. It is human-grade food. You can eat this stuff. It smells good. It tastes good. It is real, high-quality, fresh food for your dog. Go to myolly.com, answer a few questions about your dog, and they'll customize recipes to your dog and ship pre-portioned meals so your pup gets the perfect portion every time. They've delivered 5 million meals. 5 million meals and counting. Shipping is free, and if your dog doesn't like the meals, you have a money-back guarantee. I don't know about you, but my two dogs, Linda and Baby Boy, the baby boy, the baby boy. I love the baby boy. I always come in, I go, doggies! And they go crazy. They come, as a matter of fact, if, they play, if they're, my mother-in-law plays this, they'll come run into the screen. They love it. They won't eat anything else other than Ollie. Anything, because it's that good. Ollie's offering our listeners 60% off your first box, plus a free bag of treats at myollie.com slash try, T-R-Y slash Bongino. Make sure you get the website, myolly.com slash try, T-R-Y slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. This is the best deal they have anywhere. Go to myolly.com slash try slash Bongino for 60% off plus a free bag of treats spelled myolly.com slash try slash Bongino. Okay. All right, oh, folks, just this, again, the Bernie thing. I don't want me to keep going back, but just a quick note story up at the Daily Wire. We can see Bernie Sanders is still a fraud. Uh, that's just how it's Bernie. Bernie Sanders is a limousine socialist. He always has been. The guy's a fraud. He's a millionaire, which I don't have any problem with. I don't care. I'm a capitalist. I applaud the man's success. Nice job, Bernie. Very well done. But as we can see from the Daily Wire, Bernie Sanders got busted the other day entering the wrong, wrong what? Wrong deli, supermarket, taxi. No, wrong private jet. Uh, he got Apparently, he got confused. He didn't recognize his private jet from the other private jets. Which, listen, I have no problem. I've taken private jet travel. Not a lot, but I have. I'd like to take it more. I hate air travel. Wish I could buy my own jet, maybe one of these days. Paula's like, no, no time soon. But Bernie apparently loves private jets and rails against millionaires and bil billionaires and private jet owners. Again, simple story. The dude's a fraud. He got busted going into the wrong private jet. They're like, that's not your jet. That's your jet over there. What a phony. Enough on that. I just want to throw that in there again to show you why this guy 
is never going to resonate. He's just not authentic, ladies and gentlemen. He's an inauthentic fraud, a classic American fraudster in every respect. <laughs> by American fraud, I mean Americans who are wealthy and have capitalized off this country, you know, and then rail against it. They become socialists, communists, all BS. Go move to Venezuela, Bernie. You'd love it down there. All right, important story I saw at the Daily Caller that is going to require some revisiting here. Daily Caller, you'll see uh, Lindsey Graham is now apparently starting to get a wish list together of people he wants to testify in front of his committee about the FISA abuse scandal encompassed by the Spygate spying scandal on Donald Trump. Now, let me give you the bit of a background here. I'm going to give you the good and the bad. I'm just going to tell you what I'm hearing, and Senator's office is free to comment. If they'd like, we'll be happy to put it on the show. Here you can see from the Daily Caller, one of the people on the wish list they have is Stephen Soma. Now you may say, ding, 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 ding. I remember that name. It sounds like the name you mentioned the other day. Well, you'd be absolutely right because it is the name I mentioned the other day. Stephen Soma is the FBI agent, according to the New York Times, designated as case agent one in the IG report. Why is Stephen Soma important? Because he is at the center of this volcano scandal spygate. There are a couple things here. The FBI's official story, follow me here from day one, from day one has always been that they only started the case against Donald Trump, the spying case, because they got a tip from a friendly foreign government, Australia, about George Papadopoulos in a bar mouthing off about Hillary's emails. Ladies and gentlemen, that story, I'm telling you with 100% certainty, is false. That is a cover story for the real reason the FBI started the case, and they don't want to admit they started the case because Hillary Clinton paid for a dossier and basically hijacked the justice system to get the FBI to investigate her political opponent, period, full stop, thank you, close the book, that's the story. Why is Soma so devastating? Why would Lindsey Graham be interested in talking to Stephen Soma? Because what's fascinating is, according to the IG report, and we played this the other day, so I want to relitigate the show. I just want to show you, give you kind of an alternate perspective about what I'm hearing here behind the scenes. Graham wants to talk to Soma because, despite the fact that the FBI continues to insist their case started because of George Papadopoulos mouthing off to this Australian diplomat, Stephen Soma is on the record pushing for an investigation into Carter Page initially according to the IG report, which refers to him as Case Agent One. Well, how is that, folks? Carter Page was never mentioned in George Papadopoulos' meeting with the Australian diplomat, but he is mentioned somewhere else. The dossier. Because that is the case. The dossier's always been the case. The FBI just doesn't want to admit it. You get what I'm saying? Soma is on the record in the IG report pushing for this opening up of a case against Carter Page, despite the fact that Carter Page has nothing to do with the Australian diplomat story. He's in the dossier. He's the central figure in the dossier. Secondly, the Bureau continues to insist, the FBI, that they did not get the dossier until September, that only people up in New York had some of the information in the dossier, and it never filtered down to the team investigating Donald Trump. Ladies and gentlemen, where did Stephen Soma work before he was involved with the Trump team? The New York field office of the FBI. Are you telling me there was no contact there? He had no idea what was in the dossier? Well, why was he pushing for opening up a case on Carter Page? And Carter Page only appears in the dossier. Did someone in New York tell him something? So Graham wants him on a wish list of people they want to subpoena to talk to. That's the good news. The bad news is this. And again, I'm, I'm not knocking Senator Graham. I'm not in the business of, uh, you know, Republican on Republican political violence when it's unnecessary here. 
But I'm hearing from some people behind the scenes that he desperately wants the FISA uh, statutes all renewed. The business record stuff I warned you about last week, the Patriot Act provisions, which are dreadful and should be thrown out in the garbage and burned. Uh, The Constitution matters. You want to spy on Americans? Go get a warrant. It's not hard. Okay, that was a whole other show. But I'm hearing they want the FISA stuff renewed. The Patriot, excuse me, the Patriot Act stuff renewed. What does that have to do with this? People are telling me that He's only bringing these people up or subpoenaing them, Soma and other FBI agents, because they want to make the case that, hey, listen, the Spygate thing was isolated to low-level FBI people who made mistakes. It's not really an institutional problem. Therefore, if we get them up there and we can throw them under the bus, you get it? We'll make the case later that, oh, it was just these guys. But the reality is it's not all bad. It's not an institutional problem. Let's just renew it. And look, we'll throw these guys under the bus. I hope that's not the case. I hope. We'll see. I'm only here to report what I'm hearing, ladies and gentlemen. I was pretty upset when I heard that because the FISA and Patriot Act stuff is just total garbage, should be thrown out and burned immediately. All right. Uh, a lot more to get through today. Uh, town halls. You can see even this town hall article. California. This article is interesting. It'll be in the show notes today, ladies and gentlemen. The show notes are worth your time. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Please check them out. These articles are really good. There's an article in town hall about California. And the gist of it is, is Trump have some chance of making real hay, uh, you know, headway in California. Um, you know, I, I'm not against optimism at all. I don't see that being possible. I just, I don't think the math is ever California. I'm not in the predictions game anymore. I hope and pray one day California comes around and a Republican can come close in California. We'll see. Um, but this story is very interesting because it points to the fact that this AB5 I've been talking about a lot has been doing real significant damage to the Democrats. Listen, folks, all politics are local. All politics are local. In other words, you can talk all you want about Republicans versus Democrats, communists versus conservatives, liberals, greens, whatever you want. When it comes down to something destroying your business, your kids' education, your health care, or practically killing you because of political ideology, it becomes a big deal and it bleeds real quick. I used to say to people when I ran for office, you know, one of the mistakes we make is as Republicans, we don't make politics bleed for people. And bleed for people, I don't mean that like a, in an, in an, I mean it as a, an analogy, a story there. We have to make it feel personal. You have to make politics personal. Democrats are very good at doing that. That's why they do identity politics and class warfare. They make it personal. They make it feel like a personal struggle and they got your back. They're the ones pushing you ahead. We don't do that enough. We have to do it more. So what's going on in California? Well, as you can see in the town hall piece, this AB5 legislation, which was a piece of legislation by a bunch of union folks who were bought off by unions, politicians who put this thing forward, was a direct attack against Uber and Lyft. The long and short of it is they wanted these people to be classified as full-time workers or employees, not independent contractors, Uber and Lyft drivers, that is. Why? So that a lot of unions could unionize them and get union dues. It's really no more difficult than that. Well, what was the problem, ladies and gentlemen? Well, the problem was, what always is the problem with liberal activism is it ends in externalities, devastating externalities that were uh, maybe not intended in the beginning, but certainly became ramifications once their liberal dreams became reality. A lot of these independent contractors who were journalists, artists, and others now were let go of their jobs. Art festivals, music festivals are being shut down. People are being fired because these people don't want to bring them on as employees because they're not, they're independent contractors, but now they have to be according to the California law. This is having a really deep impact in California. 
Kira Davis, I know, has been all over this on Twitter. She's a conservative activist out there. This has been devastating to journalists, bloggers, artists, entertainers. It's been devastating. It's having a real effect. Now, you know, can the president's national campaign take advantage of that? I'm not sure. Politics are local. But I can tell you there's a unique opportunity in California now for some locals, either as independents or Republicans, to point out the people who supported this dreadful measure and make some real moves real fast. All right, couple more quick stories. Again, loaded show today, a lot to get to. I'm sorry I'm motoring through it all, but Super Tuesday. I don't just want to get lost in the election results. I want to get some of this other stuff out too. There's an article about Breitbart up in my uh, show notes today as well. Again, bongino.com slash newsletter. Please check them out. It's a really good article and it talks about how many disaffected Buttigieg, Klobuchar uh, voters who already voted early, who now they can't change their votes in California and elsewhere. Listen, folks, I've warned you about this for a long time. Again, having run for office myself, early voting is a disaster. It is. Having said that, to be fair, I'm saying this at my own expense because I vote early because I can't go to the polls most of the time because of the show. And then it causes, it's, I cause a bit of a, I don't mean it in like a weird way. It just, it causes a bit of a scene that's unnecessary. Me and my wife vote early. I like, it hurts me to say this because I like voting. Voting early is a disaster. It is a bad idea, a very bad idea, a catastrophically bad idea. Now, I don't mind a day or two of early voting. I get it. Some people just can't get out there. The problem is California was sending out ballots February 3rd. So think about it. If you're a Californian who supports early voting, early voting as early as a, a month prior to the election, 30 days of early voting, you voted for a candidate. If you voted for Buttigieg or Klobuchar, February 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, doesn't matter. You voted for a candidate that's not even in the race. Tell me again how early voting is such a gift to everybody. Folks, one or two days. That's it. It's ridiculous. Things change. Momentum changes. People get endorsements. Candidates change. Overnight, you had the Biden campaign change. You wouldn't know any of this if you voted early. Good piece, though, in Breitbart, talking about all these people in California pissed off they voted February 3rd. Again, I do it. I say it at my own expense. I mean, it was obvious for me. I voted for Donald Trump. I wasn't going to change my mind no matter what. But, you know, I'm saying this again. At my own expense, early voting is a really, or I should say extremely early voting. A couple days, maybe not. All right, a uh, quick video for you again. MSNBC getting owned again. This is happening all the time. They keep trying to... <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's not the comedy hour, but they keep trying to do these man on the street interviews, MSNBC, uh, what do they call them? MOS, man on street interviews. And they go out there and they want to get people. So what they do is, this is a pretty common tactic. You're going to see a lot of these. I've been playing them on my show on a regular to show you how uh, the media basically stereotypes people. They'll go up to minority voters who they assume are always, of course, uh, who are always... Uh, uh, you know, supporters of uh, of the Democrats, they go to these minority voters and they talk to them. And when they talk to them, they think they're, you know, everyone but Trump. So MSNBC goes to talk to the store owner and, he, and they ask him about his daughter and the answer is kind of surprising. Check this out. Is it between Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden? Yeah, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders? <laughs> yeah. Okay, Bernie Sanders. No sé, o sea, ellos están eligiendo a él. They, they didn't know, but they're they're going to be supporting him. <laughs> you know, does your daughter? Is it your daughter leading the leading the charge? Es tu tu hija la que está empujando eh, ah, para por él. No, mi señora, mi hija es de Donald. Oh yeah. wow. De Donald. Pero ella por quién va a votar por por Donald? Ajá. <laughs> your daughter's going to vote for Donald Trump. Yeah. Por qué? No sé, le encanta. 
Pero tu esposa. Por la economía dice que está bien, que lleva buen programa. The economy. The economy. Yeah. So there you go. MSNBC getting absolutely face planted again. Uh, they do this all the time. Again, they go up to minority voters and just absolutely assume they're, they're Borg like Star Trek voters for Democrats and they just face plant every. We've seen multiple videos like this. Um, okay, one last story today I wanted to get to, which I think is super important. This guy Ferrante keeps showing up, ladies and gentlemen. I warned you about this. What's my running thesis for the last month of shows now? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, they all know each other. The spy gay plotters all know each other. They don't go away. Follow the money, follow the connections, and you'll see what's really going on. And none of these investigations by the media are happening when they're investigating any of the connections between these people. So hat tip to my buddy 279. He put this out today from the Wall Street Journal. Look at this Wall Street Journal article. So Jeff Bezos, who owns the Washington Post, the liberal rag, you know, democracy dies in the darkness, their tagline, despite the fact that the Washington Post is the darkness, bunch of liars over there, fake media outlet. Bezos owns the Washington Post. So Jeff Bezos had this you know, running scandal where he was alleging that the Saudis had hacked his phone. And it was a very strange scandal, but it, it, it kind of fostered a narrative for him. He wanted that narrative out there for some reason. So they hired this company to go look into this alleged hack of his phone by the Saudis. You know, Bezos, again, owner of the Washington Post or Amazon, of course, you, you know, Jeff Bezos from there, one of the wealthiest men on the planet, if not in the cosmos. So Bezos, our phone was hacked by the Saudis. So they put this thing out there and they get this company to go look into it. And look who magically appears again. This is just incredible. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, all, it is a big symbiotic Charlie Foxtrot, if you know what I mean, circle between people who all know each other and all make money off their connections to people in the media, the swamp and the Democrat establishment. It is, it, 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 I mean, the, the connections are everywhere. So Bezos needs a company to go look at his phone to determine if it was, in fact, hacked by the Saudis because it fosters this narrative and story they want out there. So who do they hire? <laughs> Hilarious. FTI Consulting. FTI Consulting. You're like, FTI Consulting. I don't remember. FTI Consulting. Who works at FTI Consulting? Oh, our buddy Ferrante, Anthony Ferrante. Remember him? Look at the Wall Street Journal piece. Anthony Ferrante magically appears again in this Jeff Bezos, who owns the Washington Post, you know, big collusion hoaxers over there, that hires this guy, they hire this guy's uh, company for FDI Consulting where Ferrante works. And Ferrante's out there again. Now, Ferrante, for those of you who missed the show the other day, Anthony Ferrante is the former FBI official assigned to the National Security Council who is alleged by some media outlets in their reporting to be the spy Jim Comey had planted inside the White House for the FBI. This is the same guy. He then leaves the FBI, Ferrante, to go work for BuzzFeed to do what? To try to verify the dossier. And as my uh, buddy 279 pointed out this morning, this is a strange story. Like Ferrante's out there talking about this hack into Bezos's phone, which has the same type of fingerprints as the DNC hack, where the information's very loose and nobody can confirm the Saudis hacked Bezos's phone, just like nobody can confirm the Russians hacked the DNC, but they're like, the footprints are there. They use the same narrative and the same people over and over again. This was the Obama administration guy, Ferrante, who was used to advance his presidential policy directive 41 about cyber threats that was launched the same day. The dossier, July 26, 2016, a dossier appeared about Russian cyber threats. Ferrante was the guy involved in all of that. He's still trying to verify the dossier while working for the Washington Post and Jeff Bezos. Ladies and gentlemen, these people have communal interests and those interests aren't yours ever. 
And that community is not a community you want to be a part of. Deep staters, swamp rats, police state supporters, media hacks, activists who have no interest in a constitutional republic whatsoever. These names all keep reappearing. Why? Because they're all making money off basically fostering BS stories over and over again. It's really no more difficult than that. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Sorry about the road show today. The abbreviated, a uh, bit of abbreviated content. I know, um, you know, it, it's just been tough. I had a last minute thing that came up. I'll maybe I'll be able to explain more in the future, but, uh, I will see you all tomorrow. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. Check out those videos today too. They're really good. And I'll have some more strong content for you tomorrow. I got a couple things I'm working on. You're not going to want to miss. So don't miss tomorrow's show. I appreciate it folks. See you all soon. You just heard the Dan Bongino show. Follow Dan on Twitter 24 seven at D Bongino.